Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, we are joined by Daniel Bean, author and speaker and author of Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood with your favorite Ave Maria Press. We're so happy to have you today, especially to talk about transitions to college with supporting parents and, you know, just different questions of like, how can you support your child in this time of them going and venturing on their own? And then how can you also survive as a parent? I know I was sharing with you before we started recording that my mom, when she dropped my sister and I off to college and we went to college in the same state that we grew up in, that she must have texted me like every day, like, I'm in your room. I'm, <laughs> I'm smelling your shirts. I I just cooked eggs the way you like. I can't believe <laughs> And I was like, mom, it's okay. I'm literally four hours away from you. So I know that that transition can be pretty tough. Some of my friends that even have kids that are like three years old, they can't even talk about their kids going to preschool without bursting into tears. So so I'm sure that there are tips and tricks that you have from your parental (laughs) experience, and I'm so excited to hear them. But first, I'm sure everyone listening would love to know more about you. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm a writer, I'm, but first and foremost, I'm a wife and I'm a mom. So that's my my vocation. And really, every all of my work that I do as a writer or as a speaker, as a podcaster myself, is all just inspired by my my vocation to motherhood and my experiences in my marriage and in my family life. And you know, I'm kind of I've always been motivated to share the the, the joys of it and also the challenges of it. And so that really was what prompted me to write giving thanks and letting go because I found myself at a different stage of motherhood was one thing when it was like sharing about the frustrations of potty training or whatever. But (laughs) then all of a sudden I found myself and many of my peers feeling like, what do we do now at this stage when we're, we're letting go of our kids and launching them into the world and such a joyful, beautiful thing. And also such a hard thing. Like you, you shared about your mom's experience. It's a hard thing. And I was finding very few resources, especially from a Catholic perspective. So I said, all right, I guess I'm going to write it because I, I love need, that. And it's, and it's not so much a how to, it's like how, how I'm managing, how, how I experience these things. And, and I find that that's really where I find a lot of encouragement as, as a woman in the church is by connecting with other people and, and learning from their experiences, sharing our stories. Mm, I love that. And you saw a need and you were like, I'm going to meet it. And I think, <laughs> especially for, you know, for parents, I mean, I don't have any children, but I have a lot of friends with children. And mm-hmm. I, you know, constantly hear about all the resources that they have for young mothers, young fathers, young families. Your babies are young and how to, you know, teach them this, what school, what, you know, educational format, whatever it is. And then when they kind of get older, it's like how to deal with teens. And then mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, okay. That's it. Now you've done it and they're they're done now. (laughs) And so I love how you're saying like there really isn't a lot once you're like, okay, these kids are now thrust off onto their own in college. They can buy their own groceries. Hopefully they buy like well-rounded diet food. Hopefully they know how to wash their clothes. Hopefully they, you know, hopefully they pray. Hopefully they have good friendships. Like those are all things that I'm sure parents are like, oh my gosh, okay. It was, it was a bit easier keeping track of these things in high school, but now that they're like on their own, 
even if they don't go to college, but even if they just move out, like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't have like reins on them. So how do you kind of keep track of that? I would love to ask you as a parent, I'm sure that, I mean, my mom tells me all the time, she's like riddled with, I'm 29 and I will still Mm -hmm. go down the street to get a coffee. And if it starts to drizzle rain outside, my mom is like, hey, so how late are you going to be gone? You know, I just, (laughs) she's like, I just think, she's like, I just think it's a little rainy. Like you don't really need to be out. You know, we have coffee here. I don't know. And, um, and so I know she always talks to me about like parental anxiety. She's like, it just never leaves you. You always have it regardless of how old your child is. And so what kind of general tips would you give to parents that have just parental anxiety, period? I think just, you know, as a like a general umbrella. Right. Well, that's sort of like the second part of the title of my book, which is letting go. And I think that that's really where it all lies is in learning to let go, learning to trust God with some of these very big things Mm -hmm. that we worry about, about our kids. It's a big deal. And you know, but what I found was at this stage of my life where my kids are leaving home, I still have two who are home year round, got two high schoolers still. So I, I call it an empty ing <laughs> nest, but I see where it's going. And so, but as I've, as I've watched my kids get older and especially during those milestone moments, like when one of them's leaving for college or when one of my kids gets married, I find myself, and I think many parents do this kind of like racking my brain, like, did I do everything right? Mm. Did I, did I teach her everything? Did I give all that I could? Did I love as well as I could? Did I, you know, was I generous enough? Did I set a good example? Was I disciplined enough? All of these things, you know, that come to mind and we're kind of like remembering all the ways maybe we fell short. And I'm finding in those moments, that's a real opportunity for me to remember with great humility that did I do all the things right? No, I did not. Mm. Did I mess some things up? Yes, I absolutely did. Even some big things sometimes. And with humility, realizing that that's, that's part of the plan. Like nobody gets it exactly right. And this parenting thing is so hard and we all do mess up sometimes and we're all going to fall short sometimes, but I, I see those those as an opportunity, those moments where I, I feel very humbled when I'm looking back at my parenting and seeing ways I could have done better, that uh, that's an invitation to trust God. And those are invitations for my kids to learn that I'm not God and I'm not going to meet all their needs. You're made for someone who's, a, who's, who's created you, then you're made for God and I'm not going to fulfill all of your needs. And as much as I love you and I can give to you in every way that I possibly can here on earth, even, you know, even the best of mothers fall short sometimes. And so to humbly recognize that ourselves, that I need to lean on God for, for loving the people that he's placed in my life to the best of my ability. I need grace to do that. I need God's grace to do that. It's not something I'm accomplishing, but then also realizing this is an opportunity for me to invite my kids into that conversation and explain to them some of the ways that maybe our, our family life fell short or some of the ways that their experiences in this world are going to be less than perfect and things are going to happen, or they might even make choices we would never want for them. And all of that, you know, God can work with all of that. It's an opportunity, an invitation to grow deeper in learning to trust God. Mm, That is such a word. And I think, I mean, you're really speaking to people that, you know, just struggle with anxiety in general. Like it's such Mm -hmm. an opportunity to put those worries into the hands of God. And it's, and it's, you know, way easier said than done to do those things. (laughs) I can imagine like I have a beautiful nephew, beautiful niece. They're like so sweet. 
my niece is 19 now, and so she's very sassy, but still sweet. <laughs> and my nephew is three, so he's just into cars and planes and trains and, you know, being sweet. cute. And and even with my niece, who's 19, I, I'll be like, oh, gosh, like, oh, I'm so scared for her to go to school. I'm so scared for her to, like, be in an apartment by herself. Like, I'm yeah. so scared for her to, like... Does she even know how to use her Chase Bank app? Does she know how to like buy groceries? <laughs> like, you know, does she know yeah. how to like book a doctor's appointment? And then it's and then with my nephew, he'll he'll be talking and he'll say like something incorrectly. And I'm like, OK, well, my sister was sharing with me. He's at this milestone and this didn't sound like he knew like he was saying it right. So I hope that, you know, and it's just constantly mm-hmm. pl- like worrying about something. And it's so interesting. Sure. It's like, regardless of what age they are, you're just constantly stressing and worrying. And I think it's just, it's such sage wisdom to say like, you know, you really, you love them and you do the best you can. And like, they belong to God first. And mm-hmm. you just have to believe that and internalize that. And right. then from there, right. it's like, you know what, it's going to be all good. And I know a lot of our listeners have children that are going off to college now. This is like their first year of college. So a lot of our listeners have kids and they're like, wow, my kids have been home with me for their entire life. And now this is the beginning of them going on trips by themselves, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. not coming home for holidays. Like what like what does this even mean for me? How do I manage this? And like, I want to support them in being independent, but I also am really having a hard time letting go, which we know is pretty tough. And I would even say for parents that obviously college is different because they're living on their own. But even for my friends who have kids in preschool, they're like, gosh, how do I drop them off like parenting is a series of letting go (laughs) right man what if like what if they don't know how to eat their lunch like in a what if they (laughs) what if they can't tie their shoes what if it starts raining like do they know how to zip up their jacket did I teach them well enough I don't Mm -hmm. know so for our listeners that have kids going to college like what would you say how can they how can you support your child in being independent but not be too involved like what does that look like that's a fine line. That's a real balancing yeah. act. And I think it's going to look different in every every parent-child relationship, of course. Some kids are just raring to go and they they can't wait to be independent. And you're going to have to like even be the, the instigator for all forms of communication. Others are, might struggle a little bit. And, you know, their first time away, they might be a little more anxious. So I think it's really just kind of navigating that, knowing what your, your kids' needs are and being available for that. But a lot of times I think moms need encouragement to kind of manage their own feelings through this stage, you know, because I mean, so much about motherhood is about focusing on your child. And yet this is a stage of motherhood where you might drop a child off at college. And then, you know, like you said, with your mom on the drive home, like what now? And I, I find it's a real opportunity. And I, and when I first released the book, uh, giving thanks and letting go through Ave, I was hearing from moms all over the place saying, yes, I'm trying to figure out who I am now and, you know, struggling with their identity as a mom. And what am I going to do next? And I, I really encourage women from all walks of life to really take that opportunity to, first of all, feel all of your feelings. I think it's so important mm. to do that. It's okay. It's okay if you're thrilled because you've dropped your child off at college and now you have a little time and space. It's okay if you're grieving that because it is a real loss. And that's something I had to realize. I was, you know, with with one of my sons, when we dropped him off over 1200 miles away, I was 
just, I was kind of stuffing down the feelings, mm. you know, we, we made a family trip out of dropping him off. And then I was focused on the vacation and I was distracting myself. And, and it all turned into like one evening when I got in an epic fight with my husband over absolutely nothing Aww. and, you know, finding myself in tears at the end of that and thinking, where did this come from? But I, and then I could realize exactly like, where it oh, came I'm from. Upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. I am grieving mm. and it's okay that, you know, you call it that because it's a real loss. And so coming to terms with some of those feelings is a process for us as moms. And you want to be sure you're not acting out those feelings in inappropriate ways by clinging to your kids or, or, or you know, kind of helicopter parenting them. So processing them on your own is, is really a very healthy thing. And you can do that together with your husband. You can do that in therapy if you want. You can do it with good girlfriends who are going through the same thing. But I think it's really important to allow yourself the space to do that and to acknowledge that it's a hard thing you're going through and, you know, give yourself grace and give yourself space. Mm, that is, that is very insightful. Yes. Give yourself grace and, and work on yourself. I have so many friends that are, you know, moms of littles and they are just like, man, I don't even know what my hobbies are. They're like, I don't, <laughs> they're like, right. I don't have hobbies. Like, I don't know what shows I like. I mean, because by the time that the babies go to sleep, I am just winded. I can't right. even like move through the night. I'm so tired. And then like, by the time I think maybe I'll watch a new Netflix show, I just can't even think about it. And sure. they're like, gosh, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen when they go to preschool. Like, what am I going to do? Just wait for them to come home. <laughs> <laughs> and even my friends with little babies are like, gosh, I get so tired. And I wonder like, oh, I, I miss listening to music. I miss hanging out with friends. I miss doing things. But then by the time my baby goes to sleep, I spend the entire hour just staring at the monitor because I just miss them. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, very normal yeah they're like yeah, i just miss I totally them like i just that. wonder like what they're doing what they're dreaming about what they're thinking about and, and you know it's so mm -hmm. it's so crazy and i know that this is a tough question and every friend i've asked has no absolute answer and neither does my own mother but i'm gonna ask you what do you think was the most challenging stage of raising a child like do you think challenging not in like disciplinary but just emotionally mm -hmm. as a mother, like, and as a parent, what do you think was the hardest stage for you? Was it the transition into college? Was it starting high school, middle school? What do you think? Yeah. Well, for me, because we have a large family, I would say that it was when my oldest kids were becoming teenagers mm -hmm. and that was like a whole new thing for me. Right. But I still had babies and toddlers, you know, underfoot and on my hip. And while I'm trying to navigate that with, with these young people who are trying to figure out who they are. And it was my, it was my first experience of that when they were kind of growing in independence a little bit, rebelling in some ways, you know, very age appropriate stuff going on. But some of it, like I really struggled during that stage of motherhood because I was very aware of the sweetness of these little babies that I still had in my life, their younger siblings. But I was really just mourning the fact that I felt like I was losing the, the sweet little kids that my big mm. kids were, you know, and, and, and some of them struggled a lot through different things. And, you know, that's a tumultuous time for a kid. It's so hard for them. And there was so much about those years that I took personally that now, you know, I've got two teenagers still left at home. Trust me, I'm not taking it personally. <laughs> they, if they're going through a thing, I have such perspective now where I'm like, oh, you're going through a thing. You know, I'm going to let you go through that thing and we're going to meet on the other side of it. And but back then it was like I was devastated, mm. you know, like I felt rejected by them in a very personal way. And 
I can see now, and this is, this is part of the gift of parenthood, right? That you kind of grow along with your kids and through your experiences, you gain perspective, you gain wisdom, and you're, you're able to apply that. And maybe you apply it to their younger siblings, but also you apply it in life. You kind of learn a little bit of perspective. And I love that my kids have been teachers to me in that school of family life. Oh, I love that school of family life. That is so true. There's so much you learn from your babies and then your teenagers, you know, teenagers are, they are something else. They are. (laughs) (laughs) And I can tell you now that I have young adults and I've seen some of them through some rough stuff and onto the other side that, wow, you know, amazing what God's plan is for their life. And it's Mm. so hard to see in those, in those hard moments. Mm. So, you know, any parent out there that's dealing with that right now, like, this is not the end of the story. Mm. You know, you can so get them through. And I remember one time with one of my sons going through a very rough time. And I remember saying to myself and to my husband, like, I just want to fast forward him to like 26 and have him be okay. And well, he is 26 now and he is okay, you know, Mm. and I can see that now. And it was just, I I just remember how hard that was in the moment though. And especially going through it for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's such a blessing to be able to like reflect on those moments and think, man, wow, like younger Danielle, you were okay. You were like being a little hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering like, I would love to hear, you know, just as we round out this episode, what would you say to younger Danielle? What advice would you give her, you know, as like a mom that was like in a really stressful time? I mean, now you're like, hey, I have teenagers. I'm like, I get it. Hey, you want to come home and go straight to your room? Okay. (laughs) You want to say you don't eat dinner with us? Uh, Fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to be offended because I get it. You probably are struggling with a little something. And now that you have that perspective, that's great. But I'm sure when you were a younger mother and wife, it was probably like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? So what advice would you give your younger self and maybe like, you know, parents that are looking towards the future and looking kind of like, man, I just really want to fast forward this horrible time when they just will (laughs) not stop screaming. Like, what what would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think I would tell myself, first of all, chill, right? Like most of this stuff is going to absolutely come out in the wash Mm. and you just, you need to know that. And, but it's hard to know that, especially when you're experiencing it for the first time and it feels so vitally important and tragic, some of the things that you're experiencing. But really I I would, I would encourage myself to just, to, to see God in all of that. I know sometimes when I was going so fast and so hard and so strong and all the kids were little and it was like life was on like 100% all the time. That was a very, a a very rough stage. I mean, Mm. it was exhausting. It was uniquely exhausting to me personally, but also a tiring time in in our family life. But I I know it was, it was part of what God's plan for us, you know, that we were like that at that time. And he gave me my kids when I was young for a good reason, because I needed to be for, for what I was doing with them. But just looking to, I would encourage myself to look to see God in those, in those places, to make more room for quiet, Mm. to make more room for stillness, to be more intentional about, you know, setting aside time for daily prayer, even if it's just five minutes, you know, I spent so many years just kind of burdening myself with this ideal thought of what my spiritual life should look like or how I should be connecting with God. And it was never going to be that, especially at that stage in my life. And so I think I would encourage myself to see that the little bit that I could do was enough and it was good and that, that God was pleased with it. Hmm, That is such a word. Yes. And I think, you know, that can be 
that can be advice too for parents that are in this phase right now. It's like late August, your kids have moved in and you're thinking to yourself like, gosh, what can I do? And it's, you know, just be easy on yourself and don't prop yourself too much against what you think you should feel like and what you should be doing because all those things are transitions and they're tough and you're doing a wonderful job, you know, just got to keep reminding yourself of that. I tell my mom all the time where I'm 29, my younger sister's 28 and all the time I'm like, mommy, you're doing a great job. And she's like, oh, sometimes I just, oh, you're a good daughter. I love it. (laughs) She's like, oh, sometimes I just get so worried. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are like doing well. And I'm like, mommy, I talk to you every day. Like I'm the type of child where like, I will call my mom if I'm in the grocery store. I'm like, oh, man, you know what I just saw? Like a tomato. Remember when you, we used to eat tomatoes? <laughs> and my mom will be like, okay, Chanel, like I have to go. Oh, you know? my gosh. Oh, my but gosh. It's like, I love that. It's, it's just so interesting. It's I tell my mom all the time. I'm like, I don't know how you when you'll turn that off, mommy. I'm like, you're doing mm-hmm. a great job. Like, stop worrying about Camille and I. Like, we got it. We have jobs. We have homes. We're okay. We're healthy. Right. I go to the doctor. I take my vitamins. Like, <laughs> you're doing it. It's okay. You know, and she's yeah. like, I just feel like, you know, and but it's such a good reminder to remind yourself, like, you know, chill, chill and right. give yourself grace and yeah. You know, give things to God and just let go where you can and where you can't like ask God for that grace and everything mm-hmm. will be okay. That's such, such good advice. And so I am wondering at the end of every episode, we ask each guest about something that gives them hope. I'm sure you have a lot of things that you're hopeful for. You have like a beautiful family and you have all these awesome resources that you lend to parents. And so I'm sure there's a lot of things that messages you get that bring you hope every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is something in your life right now that's giving you hope? Well, I mean, I love that question. First of all, I think it's so important for us to be looking for for signs of hope because our, our world is so jaded mm. and we, we can we can miss that. And it's a great thing to focus on. But one thing in particular at this stage in my life right now that gives me a lot of hope is seeing some of the new ways that I'm experiencing motherhood, mm. that, you know, every woman is called to be a mother. As St. John Paul II tells us, we're, we're all called to that kind of life-giving, nurturing love for our fellow human beings, for the people that God places in our lives. We're all called to mother. I love talking about mother as a verb, you know, that it's, it's something we do and we women are great at it, you know? And so I, I see that, you know, sometimes at this stage in life, we, we might feel a little disillusioned. We talked a little bit about the identity crisis you might have at this stage when your kids don't need you in quite so immediate ways anymore. But what gives me a lot of hope is seeing some of the ways that my young adult kids do need me. It's just different ways. They might need a late night conversation. They might need strong prayer support that they're not even going to know I'm doing behind the scenes or, you know, I'm a grandmother now. I have a brand new little grandbaby daughter who was born this past summer. And so seeing that is such a a sign of hope to me that I'm going to be called to play a role in her life in, in a new way, being a mother in a different kind of way, but also I'm seeing other people in my life that I never would have thought of to mother before, but mm. I, my eyes have been open to that. You know, people from coworkers to my children's friends, to the, the little old lady who lives down the street and who lives by herself. She's turning 95 next month. And I have a real opportunity to grow in friendship and to love and nurture the people that God has placed in my life. And 
that's something that you don't see when you're kind of drowning in babies and you're just trying to keep up and Mm. you're exhausted and depleted all the time. But we women have a really beautiful, unique capacity for that kind of self-giving, life-giving, nurturing love. And there are all different ways that we're called to live it out. And I'm loving discovering the ways that God's calling me to do it right now. Oh, I love that for you. And I also congratulations on your grandbaby. That is that is amazing. I hope that you are enjoying the little squishes and the little snuggles. (laughs) I would do anything to just rewind the tape when my nephew had his little arm rolls and you could just like, oh my gosh. And he was just so squishy and I would just squeeze him. Oh my gosh. And then they get too old and they don't want you to kiss them on, <laughs> kiss them on the cheek anymore. But oh my goodness, I congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, oh my gosh. And where can we find more information about you and where can we learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, you can go to daniellebean.com to find out about all of my books. My podcast is The Girlfriend's Podcast, which is available through Ascension. But also I just recently launched a an online community that I'm super excited about. And you can find out more about that at girlfriendscommunity.com. Sweet. We'll make sure to put all of that in our show notes so people can check it out. But thank you so much, Danielle, for being on. And thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful advice. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. you Thank you guys for listening. And thank you so much to Danielle for being our guest. Thank you so much, Danielle, for sharing your story of parenthood and being so vulnerable with us. I pray that this episode really encouraged parents listening to just give themselves more grace and good luck to each one of you that are sending your kids off to school, especially those sending their kids off to college. Remember to give yourself grace and we will be praying for your college students. How exciting is that? We're looking forward to talking with you all in a couple weeks for our next episode. In the meantime, please pray for me and I will be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.